Hi, I'm Nicole Glenn, co-host of the LLC podcast, and it's an honor to introduce listeners to inspiring women who are making a real difference in logistics and supply chain. With this podcast, you'll hear inspirational stories, both professional and personal challenges our guests overcame, how their backgrounds help shape who they are today, and how they empower others, giving back to their communities and often the world. Today, joining me is Betsy West Heifer. Am I saying that correctly, Betsy? West Heifer. West Heifer. It's okay. fine. I, I get apologize. all kinds of versions. <laughs> no worries. Founder and CEO of the Contiguity. I told you, tongue-tied today. Congruity Group, a Ohio-based firm that works with strategic account managers and C-suites to expand trusted customer relationships and gain critical market insights so they can ensure the future of their high growth organization. So thank you for joining me, tongue-tied Nicole, uh, day-to-day. So welcome, Betsy. No worries. I am so excited. I've been looking so forward to this, Nicole. I know. We've had an opportunity to network in the past so many times, right? And I was able to come on your podcast and we share some awesome acquaintances. So to have you here is like, you know, little rock star status. I'm really happy. Uh, for thanks. Well, I am honored. Well, we're going to just jump right in. So you have such an interesting background. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners some of the things about you um, that really became a part of your life, whether it was your childhood, education, and some early influencers in your life. Oh, thanks. Well, I am the youngest of five and my parents both worked for themselves. So that's kind of the the only thing I ever really saw. Um, and so at an early age, I just kind of started, without knowing it, started exhibiting kind of some entrepreneurial tendencies. I started a hair bow business uh, when I was really young, where I sold uh, custom-made hair bows to moms of cheerleaders. And um, that was kind of my first foray, and then just did a lot of different things. And then um, I co-founded a company in the legal technology space, which was a great experience, but I knew that's not where I needed to be. And so at one point I sold my interest in that to my partners and was trying to figure out what am I going to do next? And there were so many things like typical of many entrepreneurs, so many things I want to do and Mm -hmm. could do and wanted to explore and, you know, just all over the board. And I was really trying to figure it out. And, um, a really good friend of mine asked me one of the best questions I've ever been asked. And I was, you know, I was talking to her about, I don't know what to do next. I could do this, or I'm interested in that. And I was going down all these different paths and she basically told me to stop and take a breath. And she said, let's look at this differently. Instead of looking what you could do, what have you done in the past that you feel like you were able to create the greatest impact for people? Which I thought was such a great question. And I was like, oh, hands down customer advisory boards, which I had done about 10 years prior to um, when we had this conversation. And she said, well, why aren't you doing that? And I had done it for another company and it just had never occurred to me to go back to something I had already done rather than thinking what's next. So um, about five years ago, I shifted, uh, I had set up a consulting company, but I shifted my focus to to really be targeted on uh, executive level customer advisory boards, which is what we do today. That's awesome. And as far as your past too, I want to dig a little bit deeper and just understand some sort of 
concept of your life that was really inspirational with growing up on that, that might've led you to this journey? Was there somebody that made a deep impact on you that you aspired to be like or learn from? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, I've just been very, very blessed to have a lot of people in my life that really inspire me. And, um, I think my, I mean, my parents were just so awesome and they supported me and, and kind of taught me how to be a little bit of a risk taker and help me get a great education. And so I would, I would credit my parents more than anyone for just setting me up for success and also teaching me the, the real core values of integrity and, and honesty and, you know, just treating people right. So I think that's, that's more of an entrepreneur's journey than anything is, is just being a good person. And um, so I would absolutely give them credit for all of it. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think we do. I know you can. We've talked about that. Yeah. From from our parents and really see that work ethic. And and I also understand having that young mind that wants to just dive in and try all different things. So it's funny to hear that when we had Ellen Voy on, I would listen to her story. She's actually the CEO of Women in Trucking. And it's the same thing that I, I get to pick out from a lot of entrepreneurs is that it's just kind of in your blood, in your DNA, right? Right. Which, which also, I mean, for you, you give back to, to people, you give back to mentorship, to, to different uh, women in colleges. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that, what program you're involved in and how you're helping other people on, on this, uh, on their paths in life? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I live in Dayton, Ohio, which by the way, is an extremely entrepreneurial community because of the legacy of the Wright brothers. This is where the Wright brothers got started. And um, there's just so much innovation and entrepreneurship here in this region that is embraced. And it's, it's a wonderful place to be, to be an entrepreneur. And um, so I think, you know, it's, it's so important to give back. And so the University of Dayton has an entrepreneurship program that is consistently rated very highly by the Princeton Review. And um, so I mentor in their capstone class, their senior capstone class. And so I have teams of students each semester and they do a real life consulting project. And so I don't do it for them, but I help you know, kind of keep them in the guardrails and, and just am there to advise and mentor. And I've been doing that for almost five years now. And I absolutely love it. In fact, we were talking before we logged on that I was with those students last night. And so I meet with them twice a week in the classroom and just really try to share what I have learned mostly through the school of hard knocks, but, you know, just some of the wisdom that you gain over the years of being an entrepreneur, try to share that with them, kind of shorten the path for them to learn some of these things. And um, it's just a phenomenal experience getting to help these young, excited entrepreneurs, you know, get their start. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that is. Do you have a favorite and have you had a favorite student yet that you like really connected with and you just you know, the first semester that I did the mentoring, I ended up hiring one of my students oh. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so that was, that was wonderful, but I really, I, I enjoy them all. It's very, um, 
it's interesting. I have a lot of athletes. I've had a lot of athletes that have come through the program that I've worked with and, you know, they get the teamwork thing and they get the leadership thing by virtue of being athletes. So it's, it's really interesting how that seems to be a common thread amongst some of these students is that they're athletes. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, and some of the best lessons that we do learn in books that I've read are from coaches. Yeah. We go to a lot of uh, conferences and hear a lot of coaches coaching uh, business owners on taking those next steps. So those folks who are in those programs are just getting all of that consistently put to them and creating that team environment really does make, make a difference. So, and, and some of them are coming up, you know, they're running their own businesses from their dorm rooms and they're entering the business plan competition, which I, um, I judge in the business plan competition as well. And last semester or last year for the university of Dayton business plan competition, we had 128 applications just in the venture track. There are two tracks, a social entrepreneurship track and a, a venture track. And we had 128 applications. And a lot of them were from the students themselves, that they've got businesses that they've already got up and going to the point of having a business plan. And some of them were even with some funding. And so it's, it's really exciting to watch these really cool ideas come to life with the students. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the world's changing with that, too, where you can go into so many different sectors, create these little side businesses that become something amazing. So I can see that being fascinating and being a part of that. But I do want to switch gears and say congratulations to you. I know that you've climbed that huge mountain to become a WeBank certified company. So I've done that myself. So when I say kudos. I say kudos. That is a huge Thank you. process. Yes. Yeah. It is not for the faint of heart for sure. No. <laughs> and it's every year of renewal on, on that. And so I know there's a ton of work behind it, but you know, can you tell me why you did that and what does that mean to your business? And why do you think other business owners should consider becoming WeBank certified? You know, it's a um, great question and thank you. It's, it is no small task. And It's funny. My sister is a brilliant mind and I was talking to her about my business and she recently retired and she was like, can I help you get WeBank certified? And I'm like, yes, please. And so she helped me quite a bit with the process and it, it made me laugh because thinking back, she's 10 years older than I am. And so thinking back to when I was in college, I was looking at my schedule and what I wanted to minor in. And I was at that point somewhat willing to take the path of least resistance. And she really, really pushed me. And she said, you need to get your minor in business administration. I was like, oh, that looks hard. And I don't like accounting and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And she's like, you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. So she's always been a catalyst. You know, when we were talking earlier about people that have inspired me, I would add her to that list as well, because she really pushed me to to go for the hard stuff. And Mm -hmm. so then the timing worked out well. She was looking for something to do in retirement, wanted to keep her hand in the mix of business. And so she really helped me get the certification set up and the renewal. We just got through the renewal not too long ago. Um, and, you know, when when I mention it, when I'm talking to prospects, that's where I see the biggest um, the biggest impact because it just is almost an instant credibility builder. You know, just like, oh, you're WeBake certified? You know, anybody that knows anything in, about it knows that's, you know, that's not for everybody. And so I think it's, um, it's a real credibility builder. Um, admittedly, I have not 
done as much with it as I'd like it to. It's certainly on the strategy for next year to get way more involved with other women-owned businesses like yourself and other people that we both know. Um, and I really, I, I was so jealous. I really wanted to go to the annual con, uh, um, conference yeah. and I had a conflict and couldn't go, but I was watching your posts and Christy's posts and I was like, Oh, I want to be there so bad. So it's definitely on my radar to make some of these things happen and get them prioritized and on the calendar for 23. Yeah. And it is a humongous event. And then they do have different uh, chapters that you can attend kind of smaller events. And what's so great about it is just meeting so many different people you're getting lunch and you're standing in line and you are surrounded by women all talking about their businesses. So Ugh. there's this yeah. giant like area that you go in for, you know, the, I guess you could say trade show part of it um, where you're meeting all of the, you know, bigger companies that are, that are um, there, but you just meet so many great people in the mix. It's, it's great. So I, I look forward to seeing you. At that yeah, no, I'm looking year. forward to it. I really yeah. am. Yeah. So I also want to talk to you too, because I was so fortunate to be on your podcast. I think it's already been, what, two years now? Uh, year hard to believe. Yeah. But how did you start that? And why did you start that? And tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So backing up a little bit, um, I connected several years ago with a gentleman named Tony Bodo, who is one of the smartest people I've ever met. And we kind of connected on this customer thing. You know, his work is very customer focused. My work is very customer focused. And um, what's interesting is I work with the C-suites and take the, the insights that we gather in these customer advisory boards and help them make strategic decisions based on what the customers are telling them. And Tony's background is more consumer related from the bottom up, like user level and getting that information up the chain. Mine is more starting at the top and pushing that information down throughout the organization. And so we come together so well because we have this diverse perspective, but it's still all about using customer insights to drive your businesses forward. And so we, um, it was really funny. The first time we connected on the phone, I set up a half an hour call just for us to get acquainted, better acquainted. We had met, but needed to get better acquainted. And at the end of the two hour conversation, we, I, I jokingly said, gosh, Tony, it sounds like we should write a book. And I was just kidding because I had never written a book. Um, Tony had a couple of books and he's like, okay, but if we're going to do it, let's do it. Let's go. And I was like shell shocked. And so that's when we wrote our first book, which is called profitability spelled P R O P H E T. And it's really about being a profit and being able to see into the future, um, using client insights and customer insights. So we wrote that book. And then we decided, you know, what else can we do together? So we started the podcast, which is called Really Know Your Customer. And so we've been doing that for a couple of years. And then we just recently came out with our second book. And so it's just one of those relationships. Um, And he also does a lot of consulting work for Congruity Group, as well as some other work that he does a lot of strategy work for other companies. Um, But he's one of our very, very, very best consultants that we have on the team. And um, so we just we just look for projects to do together because our perspectives are so complementary yet very diverse in thought. So um, that's kind of how the podcast came to be. And, it, and it's been it's been a phenomenal experience because we 
almost exclusively talk with CEOs on the podcast mm -hmm. and the stories we're hearing and the levels of success. We had um, one gentleman on who sold his services business for $575 million. And just learning from people like that, it's just so phenomenal of an opportunity. And, um, and hearing their, their background struggles and all of that kind of stuff. So the podcast has just been amazing. Oh, yeah. It's almost like people are mentoring you when you're yeah. Oh, yeah. You're consistently listening to different stories. And I agree with that. You know, I've met some wonderful people from hosting, you know, the, these uh, LLC podcasts. So you get that journey and it's just very, very cool to see. So with that on your your episodes, I mean, how many episodes have you guys done already? I think we're pushing right up against 60 episodes. Okay. Um, we just we just recorded one yesterday with a really fascinating company called Status Match, and it's about um, it's got a company that helps people if they say they move to another country or another part of the of whatever country. And you know, for example, if you're in Atlanta, you're going to probably fly Delta, but then if you move somewhere else, you know, you may fly another thing, and you might have status on Delta. And so what they do is help people negotiate transferring that status instead of starting all over with American Airlines they help you get the value from the status that you've built up with Delta and transfer it over wow. if you're switching it's yeah it's really cool it's called status match very cool um they're doing a lot of other neat stuff so just I would never get a chance to meet someone like that 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 has started a company that's so unique and um he's based in Malaysia so we're talking to people all over the world on the podcast and mm -hmm. it's it's just been really very rewarding yeah no that is completely awesome so I do want to hear about your next book too, though, that you just, you just put out. So I was so fortunate to read this book prior to even hitting the shelves and I loved it. So can you talk more about this recent release and how people can find it and what it's about? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that. Um, so appreciated you giving us your feedback uh, ahead of publication. Um, yeah, it's called The Rarest Advantage, How to Co-Create Strategic Value to grow and retain your key accounts. And really what it is, is it's a deep dive into the work we do with executive level customer advisory boards. And so the first part of it is really kind of the theory behind it, all of the strategic advantages to having a customer advisory board where your C-suite is having conversations with the C-suites of your most strategic accounts and really using those relationships and those conversations to validate or pivot your strategies to make sure that you're in alignment with the market. And um, so the first part of it is kind of all about the the why of doing that and, and how it works. And then the second part, it's not a how-to, but it's here's some landmines to avoid. Here's some things that we've seen in the past, both good and bad. You know, here's some, some things that you need to keep in mind if you're thinking about doing a customer advisory board. So it's really, for people that are considering it, it's really um, kind of a little classroom uh, experience on right. here's what you need to know before just diving into um, a strategic initiative that's as important and frankly risky as a customer advisory board is because it has to go right. You know, you don't want to put your executive team 
in front of your key customers and the decision makers and have it not go well. Mm -hmm. And so there is an element of risk, which is why, you know, obviously this is self-serving, but this is why we advise using a third party that knows what they're doing and, and can keep you from, from jumping over, you know, some pretty big cliffs if you, you know, don't have the experience to do these types of engagements. With that too, on the strategic boards, I mean, how many, I don't even know if you know the percentage of people, but how often are customers and vendors coming together to, to truly talk strategy? I mean, for myself being in just even the logistics sector, I find out it's, it's usually just, Hey, here's a bid, give us your best price. And to go up that ladder um, and really start developing those relationships to do that, like, is that common? Do you see that as a common or do you see it as more of people are stepping into it more to understand and create more strategic approaches? You know, that that's, I'm so glad you brought this up because the mission of our company is to amplify the power of customer advisory boards to help grow your company. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very underutilized strategy. I, th I this is my personal opinion. Why would you not do that? You know, there's so much you can learn from the people that you're asking to spend money on your products and services and to do that consistently method methodically. Um, it's just, it's just such a great way to make sure that you're making good decisions. And so our mission is really to spread the word about it. So I see that there are more and more companies going this route. And we had an interesting conversation the other day, just about, you know, all the, the talk right now about the impending recession and people cutting back on expenditures. And I think there's never been a more important time to listen to your customers because you want to find out how are they being impacted by the economy? Where are they going? Are they thinking about cutting their spend and what can we do to not have you cut your spend with us? What do you need from us that will solidify that relationship and the amount of money you spend. And so really getting close to your customers now, I think is, is as critical as it's ever been. So we really, and whether they use Congruity Group or another company, we just really want businesses to engage with their customers at this strategic level, because we really believe it can help make or break companies. Sure. Sure. I agree with that. We're also going to put a link on how people can get in contact with you. because so I think you can educate more people on this concept. Like I said, I mean, I've been in logistics for 22 years and it's, it's rare to actually see and hear this type of strategic approach with customers. And we've been exercising that more, not with an outside company, but even internally and seeing the benefits of that and those strong relationships and even your book you know, help me. I'm sitting there writing a list. I got my highlighter. I'm like, man, we're doing, we're not doing this. This is wrong. <laughs> we should approach this. And so you have some great, some great lessons that you can really help people understand and, and look into these. Can I, can I quickly share a, a story with one of our logistics clients? Yes. I this is that. like the most exciting thing that's happened since we started the company, um, one of our logistics clients had, um, it was their second meeting of their advisory board, but one of the CEO customers, it was his first meeting and he was pretty quiet in the meeting. Um, 
he participated some, but he wasn't super vocal in the meeting. It was about a, a, a two day meeting offsite and nice location. There was a lot of, you know, dinners and drinks in the bar, that kind of thing as well. And as soon as the meeting was over and everybody's in the boardroom packing up their stuff and saying their goodbyes, the, our client, the chief commercial officer came over to me and he goes, Betsy, you're not going to believe what just happened. And I said, what? And he said, this one particular CEO who was a customer, he said, he came up to me and said, you aren't even aware, but we've already decided we're not going to continue our relationship with you. And we're, we've not been happy. We've had a lot of problems. We didn't feel like you were committed to us. You didn't, it just didn't feel like the communication was good. He went through this whole laundry list of reasons why they were shopping for a new partner for their, mm. for the, uh, their logistics. And um, he said, but coming to this meeting, he said, I really just wanted to come and understand if this was truly the right decision to move on when he got invited to participate on the board. And he said, now I see your commitment to the customers. I see your long-term strategy. And by the way, all of these conversations are held under NDA. So they're very confidential, very strategic. He said, I see where you're going. I see how your growth strategy aligns with mine and how you're going to be able to help me grow. He said, my contract with you is up in a year. Let's not wait. Let's renegotiate it now. Let's make it a three-year deal and let's add on all of our international business. Wow. So that was after one meeting. And so you yeah. think about the ROI of doing this advisory board and just that one account. But then where it continues is in he made a referral because he got so invested as a partner in this relationship. He made a referral to a company over in the UK and that company became a customer and very quickly rose to be a top 20 customer for our client. So just massive, massive impact by just communicating with the decision makers and CEOs of the customers. And, right. and just so aligning just, those values and strategies and understanding where your customers are coming from. Google will only take you so far, you know, right. trying to learn and understand, you know, how is their stock price? How is this? What's going on here? You can't, you cannot peel back the layers to understand a true strategy through, right. you know, an article or, a I mean, you got to get that information directly from your clients. So, and, it, and it's two ways because the, the customer then saw too, oh, I see your strike because the CEO gives a, a strategic update and kind of gives them a peek behind the curtain. So they're getting to see things that other customers don't get to see. Mm -hmm. And, and then that gives them information on how to grow their companies. And in this particular case, it had to do with distribution centers. There was a lot of conversation about, you know, capital expenditures and that kind of thing. And it really helped them understand, okay, this changes how I need to think about my business. If they're going to put a DC in my backyard, you right. know? And um, so it was just one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had. And it happened to be with a logistics client. Wow. Yeah, we are definitely going to put the contact information and the link because I really do think not only will the logistics industry benefit from reading your book, everybody will. This is such a great tool. I mean, if you're a CEO or even a sales representative or even an operational leader, anyone who's higher level should understand, you know, how, how it is um, with working with clients and creating that strategy. So. We'll put that in there for sure. Well, I loved that you mentioned that too, because one of our favorite outcomes of this type of initiative is it aligns the internal C-suite because they're all hearing 
from the same customers at the same time with the same context, being able to ask their questions. So it, it by default, it, it aligns the executive team because it's really hard to argue about anything when you hear it directly from the customer and it's not going through a bunch of filters, you know, right. the executive teams all in the room together hearing from these customers. So it really drives that internal alignment, which is so critical for the success of an organization is, you know, making sure that the, that the C-suite's all on the same page and flying in formation. Yeah. And there's no blind spots then. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. all there. So that game of telephone sometimes is a killer when yeah. people are sitting in these meetings and trying to pass that through. So I can see that. I do want to ask you too, like what other passion projects are you working on today and, and why are they important to you? You know, my passion project right now is just spend a time with my family. We have five kids, five grandkids, uh, all five grandkids are within 20 minutes of our house. And, you know, just, it's, it's a lot of time running a business as you well know. And, um, I, I, we love to go boating. We do a lot of fun stuff. Um, but I just, right now I just feel like prioritizing time with my family is my passion project. And, um, you know, I do, I'm, I'm hosting, actually, I'm moderating a panel. We have startup week here in Dayton in a couple of weeks. And I was asked to moderate a panel. So I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Um, again, with the UD program, they have, um, for the sophomores, they have um, a breakfast each semester where the, they bring in mentors. And uh, we have breakfast with the students and they just get to pepper us with questions and that kind of thing. And so I enjoy doing those kind of one-off things, um, assuming my calendar accommodates, which most times it does. Um, but right now in terms of being, you know, time committed to things, it's really, it's really just about my time and spending it with, I've got five, five kids 11 and under spending the night Friday night. So oh my gosh. Yeah. You need so, to go to Home Depot, get some PVC pipe and make an awesome fort. Yeah. We did yeah, that. We built idea. the whole PVC thing and threw a bunch of sheets. Oh, that's fun. Got some Christmas lights and some uh, clips, you know, for, for laundry. How and fun. Yeah. So hopefully you could do something fun like that. Good yeah. for you though. I, I totally agree. You know, we have to keep it to what's important to us and yeah. family really is so important. absolutely. Yeah. And I thought my kids grew up fast. Those great kids grow up twice as fast. Yeah. It's just crazy how fast they're growing. Yep. I understand that. So I have one last question for you. What is the best advice you ever got or basically advice you didn't take because it was terrible and how did it change you? Um, I think the best advice I got, um, somebody had done something very, very nice for me and I felt like they were really going out of their way and I got kind of embarrassed by it. I was like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. And one of my mentors overheard all that and he pulled me aside and he said, Betsy, just say thank you. And I think sometimes it's so hard for us for giving people, women especially, I'm just going to say it, I think, you know, you're just naturally wired to be a giving person and it's hard to take sometimes. And this mentor just said, Betsy, stop. They're going to do something nice for you. Just say thank you. Yeah. I thought that was such great advice. That is great advice. Yes. 
Well, Betsy, I, uh, I'm sad to say we're at the end of the show, but that went way too fast. I know. And thank you for coming on here and, and talking with me and dealing with my tongue tiedness today. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, I would, know, and sh sharing your professional thing. and personal journey has just been awesome. So, oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I love, I love what you guys are doing with this forum and um, just listening to these great women leaders. So, I'm very, very honored to have been asked to participate. So, thank you. All right. Well, everybody, take care. We're going to put some links on how you can reach Betsy. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, you too.